Ready? Yeah, of course. Well, I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Well, hello there, everybody who is listening right now and everyone else who is listening because we have reached your subconscious with the new thing we're trying out. My name's Lonnie. His name's Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? Oh, great, mate. Great. Fantastic. Do you like how I write a script and I just like just start our living straight away and it's never good? Just go it's out de- of... It's always terrible. That's all right. That's okay. We're, we're here to love it. All right. Um, my name's Lonnie. His name is Dylan. We're doing a show called I Miss You Man. We're also doing a special version of that show, Dylan. Can you give us the who, what, where, how, and when, and why of I Miss You Man and the Christina Chronicles? No, but I will say this. Normally, <laughs> it's a podcast where we take each other on a journey each week. Do you like how I just refuse to go with the rule of improv? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not yes, yes and for no. you, it's just no. <laughs> it's no, no one pissed off. <laughs> so it's a podcast where we take each other on a journey each week that could be about anything, life, pop culture, everything in between. But this is our mega series where we go through the entire filmography of one of our favourite actors, Christina Ritchie. Oi, oi, oi. Now, the reason we're a bit on edge, things are a bit funky right now, is because the movie we are watching this, we watched this week, is called Penelope, and it's come from some alternate dimension. It's just not quite right, <laughs> is it, Dylan? It's really put me off. It doesn't feel it's like a odd... real movie. <laughs> it's very odd. It's an odd movie for sure. It can't. It, can, it kind of feels like a movie inside a movie, if you know what I mean. It's it's the movie. If there was a movie about Christina Ritchie being an actor, and this was the movie that she's in in the movie, totally right. Yeah. You see a clip of yes. it for five seconds, and that's why it's weirdly shot and weirdly lit. And there's famous actors <laughs> doing weird accents and stuff. You know, they're just doing a funny bit for for the movie in the within a movie. <laughs> So weird. Yeah, it's fucking odd. It now, really is. Do you want to give us a rundown on the premise for those who somehow haven't seen this or have forgotten? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it somehow slipped you by, it's about a girl named Penelope who is born with a family curse that was bestowed upon the first or well, the next born daughter of uh, a dirty fiend. It was like a great grandfather. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Got cursed by a witch that the next-born daughter of the family would be born with the face of a pig. And it's taken a few generations, but Christina happens to be that that pig-faced girl. Um, <laughs> she sure is. It's very weird. And it's kind of it's hyper-realistic. It's fantasy, magical realism sort of stuff. There are witches. People accept that. They're okay with it. But it's all put through the lens of a modern sort of tabloid journalism takedown but also you know she full the romance between her and she's of this rich family and there's a guy from the other side of the tracks who comes into her life and there's there's subterfuge and stuff there's plenty well, of ideas the, um... there's plenty of ideas in this movie they don't all work right? yeah yeah sorry yeah well the reason like there's like bachelors and everything 
being brought before her is that's how they think to break the curse. Mm. I can't remember the exact words of the witch. But uh, it's, it's, like, it's love of your own kind will break the curse. Yeah, and they think that means like pure blood rich people or whatever. Yeah, another, another blue blood rich semi-aristocratic sort of romance. Mm. If, if, if you can convince someone to love you even though you've got a pig face and ugly, you will remove the pig face and the curse will be lifted. So weird. So weird. Yeah, I think the biggest problem, Dylan, with the film, and I hope you agree with me, Christine is a very beautiful woman and even with the pig face, not that ugly, right? It's n- it's not even a pig face. It's just a pig nose. Apparently pig nose. there's pig ears, but they get covered up by long hair because I don't think they wanted to do the makeup every day. For Clearly. That. Clearly. There were budget restraints. <laughs> they could get the nose, but they couldn't get the ears. Yeah. So she just has a little pig nose. And you know what? She hasn't even looked that bad. If anything, you kind of get used to it. And you... Yeah, and- and if kind the, whole, of the whole crevice is if you love her and fall in love with this woman who is like very pretty with the pig nose, but if you fall in love with her and she falls in love with you, the pig nose is removed. So it's not that bad, really. No, it's not an issue. It's barely an issue. Right. <laughs> It'll um, be sorted out. <laughs> the thing, though, that is weird and doesn't quite make sense and makes you question the movie is that every male suitor who sees the nose Loses their Defenestrates shit. Defenestrates themselves. They bit of defenestration. Hey, Dylan, I'm wondering if you're going to pick up on that. And you did. One of our favorite. Yeah, things. mate. A bit of self defenestration, <laughs> mate. Throwing yourself out a window. To the Ooh, point. Not to just the, one. To the point where they have to put in um, shatterproof glass so it doesn't. So they stop doing it. It just doesn't make sense because, unless in this world in this environment there these people are living, it is the worst thing in the world to have pig features, but I don't know. This doesn't make any sense, well, does it? Well, here's the thing. When she actually gets found out and she's famous, everyone loves her. So it's clearly not a thing that's wrong with the world. Yeah, so why are these guys screaming and running away from her in the house? It's bizarre, isn't it? It is fucking crazy. Yeah. And who's the worst devil of them all? Bloody Edward piece of shit scumbag and the, the other thing there about that is they make they have to make the guys sign a like an NDA so they don't go tell people because she's officially dead in this world because her parents are worried about the, the tabloid journalism trying to exploit her and get pictures of her and stuff when she was a kid so they faked her death and kept her locked up inside the house which is a bit you know fairy tale-esque I suppose but just because you've signed an NDA doesn't mean you're like, you can't talk about what happened. It just means that if it gets found out, it comes back to you. You, um, you know, the legal repercussions. But the way they talk about the NDA and they have to go, you know, track down these people that they run out, that they defranchise themselves and you've got to go um, get them to sign the thing. It's almost like it's a, like a magically binding contract where they can't <laughs> talk about it anymore. They still could. Yeah. And I, I imagine they would if if they're that worried about this girl with a pig nose, signing the NDA isn't going to um, change anything if they're that concerned by it. No, and yeah, because when one slips through the cracks, Buddy Edward, mm. the basically the villain of yeah, the yeah. movie, um, they're like 
trying to catch him so they can make him sign it. They're trying to bloody chase after him. Mm. Like, they think that once he signs this, it's over. They're all good. Yeah, unless it gives them, like, I don't know, $10 million and they, if they, something like that, potentially. But even then, he's that concerned. But they're rich he, anyway. He ran to the, totally right. And he ran to the police because he was that worried. <laughs> so, yeah, it yeah. doesn't quite make sense, does it? No, no. Um, one thing I do want to say, and we're kind of, we're kind of saying it already, but like people with facial differences do exist in the world, right? And they're not cursed and they do face discrimination in a real way. So it is weird this movie is treating it as something to get cured of and the, mm. the reaction they have to her when, as we said, it's not that bad. And if I saw someone in real life who had a nose of that respect, like, oh, it just wouldn't bother me. I don't really get I know. it. Because you think the message of the movie would be like, learn to accept yourself and love who you are, and she just lives with a pig nose and is fine with it. Um, she does learn to love herself and who she is. But yeah. bonus, pig nose is gone. Yeah. that was how to break the curse, apparently. And, and now she's quote-unquote normal because she loves herself. But yeah. it's the opposite of the Shrek thing. The Shrek thing is you're beautiful no matter what, you know? You're beautiful on the inside. And that's what counts, yeah. Now, I only talked to you about that, Dylan. So I watched this with Sine, who's up here at the moment. <laughs> and my reading of the ending was, because she's having a fight with her mum about it, and her mum finally says, no, I should never have locked you up. We should have just accepted it and lived our lives sort of thing. And she says, I've always loved you or something. And then Christina says something along the lines of, I actually do love myself. I've always loved myself. And then, then that's when the curse is lifted, right? Mm. My reading in context of the curse being if you're accepted by one of your kind, then it's it's lifted, right? Was that her mum finally accepted her for who she was, one of her kind being her mum. Her mum had kind of been forcing all this whole bachelor sort of program on her. But once her mum finally said, no, I love you, my daughter, and I'm sorry for all the shit I put you through. That's when it gets lifted. But you've already said it, and Sine said it, and Wikipedia said it, was that it was actually Christina accepting herself. So one of her kind meant herself? How does that <laughs> yeah, make who's sense? More, who's more one of your kind than you, mate? I mean, I guess so, but... <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. It's, it's dumb. stupid. Yeah, and so Fully I... worded spell. I talked to Sine about it, and I was talking to my reading of it, and she's like, no, that's opposite. And I was like, I, I don't believe you. Then I read on Wikipedia <laughs> that it was right, and I was like, I had to apologize. I'm like, Sorry, you were right, but weird. So it is, it does, it's a journey of self-acceptance in the end, which I guess is good. But also not really, because she gets cured of it. Exactly. So if the self-acceptance ends up removing the thing that you're worried about, a bit of a hollow story, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Another weird thing about that is, towards the end of the film, um, Christine is talking to some people, and they sort of like throw out some possible morals to the story. And I don't think you can give yourself a morally ambiguous story, and at the end be like, have characters say, so what does it all mean? Was it this? Was it that? Or maybe it just means this. It just felt very weird to me. Like It's almost like getting in first. Like, we know made a, a sloppy movie doesn't make any sense, so we're just going to, like, lampshade that fact. And so then you can't make fun of us because we know it's a bit silly. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. I didn't... Because I actually quite liked it in the first half. 
I was actually having a decent time, mm. but it just falls off in the second half. It's just, yeah, yeah. you know, no pig pun intended, but it's sloppy for sure. <laughs> it's sloppy. Um, you're right. So a lot of the first half of the movie is about how terrible it is that she's um, got this pig nose and then um, the people horrified to see her. But then she gets out in the world and she becomes a celebrity almost, a curiosity that people like. But that's all delivered sort of via newspaper articles spinning towards the screen. We don't really see it. It's it's very much told, not shown. And opposite to what we've seen before. So what I know. It started off as like you think it's gonna be like this, you know, classic like true love will break the spell between her and James McAvoy. Mm. Who I actually thought they had decent chemistry, to be honest. I mean I didn't For what personally. was there. For what was there. They haven't got much to they, play with. Yeah, true. Okay. They didn't. I mean, they had like apparently all it takes to fall in love is a couple of renditions of You Are My Sunshine and Chess Game. But, <laughs> you know, to, to each they're, their They're own, two pretty people on screen. That's fine, I guess. Well, not in the context of the movie. No. He's all right. Why was James like... McAvoy doing a weird American accent, though? Well, that's the thing. It's sort of set in a, a mixture between London and England and then London and <laughs> New York. Like, what is it? Yeah. I don't really understand. And they've... If they're making him do that accent, it just didn't work. Yeah, I have a little conspiracy theory as mm. to what I made him do an American accent. Because I think the guy who plays Edward, the villain, because he sounds so much like James McAvoy normally. Sure. I think they just didn't want to get confused with two people sounding pretty much the same. So, like, James McAvoy do an American accent. And I guess it kind of works in the context of he is sort of mistaken identity they think he's a blue blood but he actually isn't a blue blood so but yeah it didn't quite work he's doing his best no he's doing his and best and then he just like isn't in the second half of the movie for most of it no but then he's, he's there at the end great yeah because they fall in love I guess yeah Peter especially Dinklage. now she's hot well that, that that's fine then that's good it's acceptable nah Peter Dinklage though obviously he can't help himself but be good and elevate material, right? He actually brings <laughs> yeah, a bit of pathos and a bit of drama to his role, which I don't think is on the page. And, no, and his character probably had the most decent arc of anyone as well. Yeah, so he plays a journalist who, in in, in their youth, in, in Christina's youth, was like doing the gutter tabloid journalism of, of trying to find her and get pictures of her for the scoop. And he's still doing it in the missed part of their lives. But He's obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed and... He hooks up with the guy run away and whatever, and they have this scheme going with James McAvoy going undercover and whatnot. But he he comes to learn that no, this is actually pretty shit what I'm doing, and she's a real person underneath it, so let's not go through with it. Um, yeah, like like that's obviously in the story, but he he brought a lot of yeah sort of drama to it and yeah, a lot of annoying. nuance. Yeah, he's he's a great actor. Clearly, he is one of the best. Yeah, and. There was a time, Dylan, in this this period between you know mid two thousands to maybe you know mid noughts, mid tens, I should say. Russell Brand would just pop up in a movie. <laughs> you didn't ever knew when, you never knew how, but he would turn up. I was not expecting that. So he just played one of James McAvoy's old bandmates, I think, is what it was. Yeah, a fairly straight role, for Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't playing around or anything. He's just no. like, oh, you left the band. You're no good, James McAvoy. 
What about her parents, though? Her mum in particular. One of our faves of all time. Oh, Catherine O'Hara. You know what? If she had played this as she played Moira in Shit's Creek, mm. I think it would have worked better for the character, to be honest. Yeah, no, it was pretty straight mum who's a bit annoying and dramatic and wants the best for yeah. her daughter but can't talk to her sort of thing. Shame. Yeah. And by the way, gets cursed at the end by the witch forever. Yeah. That was a hugely over-the-top punishment for a woman who was trying her best. The husband benefits, and he's just been an absolute dick the whole time. I know. And apparently the fucking family butler was the witch the whole time. Yeah. Or something. What the f- explain that to me. <laughs> I can't. I can't explain it. Why that it twist? It makes no sense. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Why not, right? As I said, a lot of ideas popping through. But yeah, why does a mum lose her voice? That just seems like a really weird message to send. After all the curses that we've overcome. God. So bizarre. And eventually she falls out of fame when she loses the nose. Hmm. But then apparently that Halloween, Penelope's like the most popular costume. So it's what? kind of going against what the narration is telling us because she's like, oh, the world moved on from me. But they didn't, though. They haven't. No. You're, you've become a, a symbol and like a, a costume. Yeah, you're a celebrity still. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's very weird. Um, the yeah. movie's fighting itself, Lonnie. Well, another, another example of that is that during the early parts of the movie, uh, Christina goes on about how much she wants to be a horticulturist because I'm guessing because she's been locked up in a room the whole time, she's obsessed with plants and you know flora and flora and that sort of stuff, right? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So she gets to leave and, you know, gets that life that she's always wanted out in the real world and she becomes a primary school teacher. Yeah, and best friends with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I mean, that, that part's cool. Why does she become a teacher who talks about horticultural stuff rather than just being a horticulturist? Because that was her dream. Well, yes, it wasn't. Well, make her Is dream being a primary school teacher and then she can achieve it. I don't know what to tell you. Very weird. It's a movie. It's not like you can just write her to be a horticulturist. <laughs> you can change it to fit. No, you can't. Oh my god. Okay, you want to read some reviews? I've got some here. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Now, what I thought we could do, Dylan, is start off with a good review because we've been cheating on it a bit. But then I do have some bad reviews. Um, sadly, didn't reach Roger's desk this movie. Um, no, really? And it seems like it, it might have actually um, had a bit of, like, got made but didn't get released. I, I wonder why. Um, but then James McAvoy got a bit more famous, so they're, like, trying to capitalise on that. So that's potentially oh. a bit of, bit of um, you know, had a bit of a release in the vault, you might say. Anyway, this is a review from Night at the Movies, independent sort of website. Um, mm. Didn't get a whole lot of professional reviews <laughs> goes on to say a cute script by leslie Cavney, the direct the writer sumptuous production design on an indie budget i don't think it was sumptuous the room is pretty cool her bedroom is pretty cool but i don't know yeah like mr magoo room yeah yeah a top flight cast i'll give them this the cast is pretty good james McAvoy, as we said Catherine o'hara as we said peter dinklage Pete. richard e grant christina herself christina herself 
They deliver a Tim Burton Nick Frost too. Oh, yeah, he makes a, he makes a cameo. <laughs> yeah. They'll deliver a Tim Burton-esque comedy that offers audiences a modern-day update of the classic Ugly Duckling story. Penelope is a sweet trifle, a great kids movie, and not surprising, given its subject matter, a film gay audiences will find familiar and comforting. That's because, more than anything, Penelope is a story of acceptance of one's true self. In other words, it's a coming-out story. As we've said, is it? kind of undercut by the fact that she is cured, in quotes, by her <laughs> yeah, acceptance definitely. of herself. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see yeah, it, Tim but Burton I have to squint. should have done this, hey? It would have been different and better, I imagine. He would have made her uglier, at least. Validating reactions. Well, that should people. have been the case. Make her really ugly, and then we can live with it. Yes. If she's got an actual pig face, and she's got pig features, then that's... Mm-hmm. I, I just... I, I can't help but feel, Dylan, that they wanted her to have an ugly face, but also they wanted it to be, you know, the beautiful Christina Ritchie. They think people won't go to the movie if she's not there being pretty, so they kind of fell halfway in between and didn't work. No, Commit or don't. Exactly. Yeah, I've got another review here from Gone with the Quins, um, another <laughs> indie. The two twins, Dylan, who wrote two movie reviews. So oh, okay. All right. That's pretty cool. Hey? They say, is this film really about looking beyond the physical features of a person to discover their inner beauty? Or... Is it that rich people are terrible? Whatever the case may be, it's difficult to believe in the message about inner beauty when Christina Ritchie manages to be rather attractive, even with the pig makeup. The themes of the film are often lost amongst the bits of comedy, which rarely evoke laughter, and the shallow character development that causes these paper-thin personas to regularly lose steam. The blossoming romance between Max and Penelope is amateurishly insincere the dialogue that accompanies their flirtations is entirely far-fetched. Regardless of the ethical lesson, the execution in storytelling is notably disorderly. It's rough. Yeah, they pretty much nailed it though, didn't they? Next, Dylan, I'm going to review, read you the whole review from Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. He's been on the podcast a few times and, and um, he's a pretty famous reviewer. This review, Dylan, it is exactly, how many words? 140 words, okay? Okay. Brutal. Okay, get ready. If you're a Penelope fan and you're... Turn off now. Yeah, basically. Peter Bradshaw wrote, I can truthfully say that watching this abysmal fantasy comedy is less rewarding than being slapped across the face with a large, wet fish. In fact, as I staggered out afterwards, I went into a reverie about the superior alternative reality. The shock, the impact, the rough, clammy swipe of the scaly skin. So he's saying he'd rather be, he was, he was looking forward to that. That would be much more preferable. Sure, yeah. I mean, a bit rough. Goes on to say, made in 2006 and starring James Atonement McAvoy. <laughs> This is presumably being brought out now to capitalise on that star's new prestige. I bet you he was mad about it. He's like, I'm just getting famous and people like my movies and you released this shit from a couple of years ago? Yeah, you're going to bring out the fucking pig face movie? I'm not getting out of that. Uh, He plays a once wealthy rogue in a fantasy Americanized London. Christina Ricci plays Penelope, 
a lonely heiress with a curse that only McAvoy's love can lift. She has a pig's nose, and it is remarkable what an utter lack of an utter lack of comedy or drama or poignancy or narrative interest this pig nose has. Poor Christina Ricci. Having to wear a pig nose in a film, has it come to this? Guess it has. Devastating, hey. Mm. Yeah. So But deserved. Yeah, not a high point of the Christina Chronicles, this one. <laughs> it was free to watch on YouTube. We can put the link below if you want to have a look on the show notes. Um, Should have been our red flag, to be honest. Yeah. Watching it with, with the, was it Chinese subtitles? Arabic or something. Arabic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it was yeah. Arabic, actually. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Penelope. Oh, gosh. Oh, well. It's over now. It's over now. What can we do? What's coming up next on the Christina Chronicles, Dylan? Black Snake Moon. Oh, yeah, this one looks a bit uh, naughty, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's your concern, is it? Naughtiness? It's a bit um, bit different than this one. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Samuel Jackson, though? Samuel Jackson, mate. Come on. Beautiful. Stina Ricci is in it too, if you can believe that. <laughs> I would hope so. And a bit of JT, Justin Timberlake. Come on. All right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that for this one. Well, all I know is it's a bit naughty and she's not very clothed in it from, from what I, I picked up okay. from the poster, basically. I, I think it's easier to watch though, so I guess that's good. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will see. Yeah. Okay, Dylan, how do you wrap up these Christina Chronicle episodes? Well, like we wrap up every episode, which is we tell everyone they're on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, mainly Instagram. Mm -hmm. Got our own website on the World Wide Web. Oh, yeah. And uh, we want to thank Mark the Man. Mark the Man for the theme song. A big back catalogue. Obviously, it's the 34th episode of the Chronicles, so... You get amongst that um, that big, uh, what would you call it? What's that catalog? Repertoire. Catalog. Catalog. What's the okay. catalog? I thought you only say. What's wrong with catalog? Resume. <laughs> I was trying to say something oh, better. List. Chapter books. Chapter of the book of Christina Chronicles. Right. Fantastic. Um, and we've got our main show as well. If this has piqued your interest in the I Miss You Man story. Uh, Mark the man, read to sing. Hmm. <laughs> okay, you warmed up. That's good. Good to hear. <laughs> well, Dylan, I miss you, man, and I miss you, Christina. I miss you, man. I miss you, Christina. Christina.